Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the Hump Show. We're dead center of the work week. And man, it feels like we've been waiting for Super Bowl 57 for a long time. 57 days as opposed to just over nine days. Thanks for hanging out with us on our Hump Show. We are literally in seconds posting. And by we, I mean producer Jay behind the scenes. Uh, We are posting the latest episode in our Super 6 Super Bowl series. It's part three. And in this video, you're only going to find it on Twitter. I'll, I'll give you the clue this time. You're only going to find it on Twitter. So it's, it's exclusive to that particular site. And we talk best halftime shows. Uh, so we've had, we've had a bunch of fun trying to come up with different places, different locales, different backgrounds. We've got a cameo from an NFL MVP in this one. Actually, we had a cameo from an NFL MVP, maybe could be a two-time MVP soon. Uh, That was part two. Part three, more old school as we go over the best halftime shows. (laughs) We're trying to come up with goofy ways moving forward now. Same thing. We want... Different backgrounds, maybe some props. Don't worry. We are going to have an entire video devoted to snacks. Here's a sneak peek, though. (laughs) I can't get over this. The average American consumes, are you ready? 2,400 calories during the Super Bowl. 2,400 calories. That's more than the average daily allotment. So I would suggest not eating breakfast, lunch. Maybe your party starts really early. Between the foods and the drinks, we average Americans consume 2,400 calories. I'd hate to be those who were higher than the average. You don't need to eat for a couple of days after that. (laughs) It's a day for gluttony, apparently. And... I heard this list. I'm not going to give it to you yet because we've got stuff to do. Maybe we'll save it for that particular video when we get to it. Uh, And I think Jay and I have decided that's going to be the capper to our Super 6 series because, well, we feel like it's most important. So we're ramping up to it. It's the crescendo at the end of our song. I heard the list of most popular Super Bowl foods. Number four, it's going to catch you off guard. I was stunned. And this is just food, not drinks. Pizza's number one. That's no big thing. But number four, it's actually much higher than wings. What? I, I love it, but it's it's not traditional. When you think Super Bowl foods, it's not traditional. But it's, oh, it's right up my alley. 
So Super 6 Part 3 just posted to our show Twitter after our CBS. To come here in the next 15 minutes, a conversation with my friend Jason Romano, who joins us once or twice a year. He's on Radio Row for Sports Spectrum. He had a chance to wander around opening night and the things that he saw, the people that he talked to, pretty amazing. Sports Spectrum is a different perspective on the world that we cover day in and day out. It's not just the football, the baseball, the basketball. It's the family aspect, the football plus the family and then plus faith this week. And we know faith came much more into focus. There's another F word. Much more into focus around the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest on the field and how people were so open speaking about their faith, certainly their mental health, the conversations that were taking place in locker rooms. We we heard about it from various members of the NFL. So it'll be good to catch up with Jason. I can't wait to share uh, that conversation with you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. On my Twitter, ALaw Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. So yeah, we now have one video on YouTube, one on Facebook, one on Twitter. Something for everyone. But our hope is that you will go and you will look at all three. The YouTube channel is rocking. It's because producer Jay's got a birthday coming up and people want him to eat broccoli. <laughs> Gotta be it. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. I, I see too, and, and Jay is much more tuned into the numbers, but I also see that a lot of the views on our other videos are going up as well. So there's a lot there. Uh, Jay has turned me into a YouTuber. Uh-huh. I blame Jay. Uh, it's way out of my comfort zone. But we've had fun with some of our goofy escapades, like playing Wordle for the first time on video. <laughs> also, the mystery box. I'm not going to tell you what's in it if you haven't seen it. The Chubby Bunny Challenge. We put that on video as well. And then our Stairway to Seven series. We've done three different steps, three different eps, steps and eps of our Stairway to Seven series. And once football is done, uh, we'll get back to that. So, yeah, we try to get creative. Uh, this is Jay's cup of tea, and I play along. This week, it's a different hat for every video in our Super 6 series. Again, After Hours with Amy Lawrence on YouTube, on Facebook, and our new video is up on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. Even as the tributes pour in for one LeBron James, and and actually, I'm looking up now at one of the TVs here in studio and Kevin Durant, who we haven't heard from about the Kyrie Irving trade to Dallas. He recorded a video for LeBron on Brooklyn Nets Twitter. So we'll get to hear from him. Just not what people want to hear from him, which is your reaction to Kyrie Irving demanding a trade and then getting shipped to the Dallas Mavericks. In case you didn't hear the reports or multiple reports out on Tuesday that Durant is now once again deep in conversation with Nets owner Joe Sy and general manager Sean Marks talking about the future. Let me forget the current season. What about the future? The direction of the franchise. Can this franchise be a contender? We talked about this with Brian Lewis going back to Sunday night when the trade dropped. He said the Nets don't have any intent 
of letting Kevin Durant go. What they want to do is convince him that they will put pieces around him. Now, the trade deadline is Thursday. Can they package some of their picks, bring in another above-average player to put with Kevin Durant? Maybe to convince him that they're serious because it did not work with Kyrie Irving. So the Nets keep insisting to KD that they're serious about winning and that they're just kind of heading this off at the pass. We have no intention of trading you before Thursday. You can ask, but that's not happening. Kyrie, of course, a different story. Why? Because he is coming up on the end of his contract and they weren't going to give him a deal that he was going to accept. The two sides were at an impasse. Kyrie did not like the offer that came back from the Nets, which reportedly included money that was tied to the team winning a championship, meaning he would have to be all in. He'd have to be willing to play the majority of the season. Can't go AWOL, can't check out, can't leave without telling anyone. Got to be available, got to be present, got to be playing at a high level, or you're going to miss out on money. And that's not acceptable to Kyrie Irving. So he demanded a trade last Friday. On Tuesday, he made his first public comments since the deal with the Mavericks. Why did Kyrie decide he had to get out of Brooklyn? Sitting in the seat today, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated uh, and not just tolerated or, or, or just, um, you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent, uh, I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. I just felt like being in New York City in the media capital of the world, there were so many things that leaked out that I don't even know where they came from. And I'm answering things that I don't deserve. And ultimately, I don't pay attention to that much. So uh, I'm just grateful that I got to move on now here. Well, first of all, he definitely pays attention. That's not true. Anytime you are responding to the storm around you, you're definitely paying attention. Anytime you're talking about feeling disrespected, you're definitely paying attention. It blows me away how blind this guy is to the way his actions have created the narrative around him. His actions, his choices have created this attitude, as he phrases it, of being tolerated, not celebrated. How do you celebrate a guy who bags on his teammates and just disappears for a week without telling anyone? How do you celebrate a guy who leaves his coach at the time, Steve Nash, high and dry for days in a row? I haven't heard from Kyrie. I don't know where Kyrie is. How do you celebrate a guy who does that? How do you celebrate a guy who makes it all about him? I've never heard anyone question his work ethic other than he will tell you basketball is not his top priority. When he wants to work, he works. But how do you celebrate a guy who didn't want to go to the bubble with his teammates? Now, he said it was because of social justice issues and he thought the entire NBA should shut down, but he did not go to the bubble with his teammates. There have been multiple times over the past couple of years, regardless of reason, we don't even have to know the reason. We just know he needed personal time and he was away from the team. It wasn't injuries. They weren't excused absences. So we don't even need to know 
We can all speculate about where he was, some birthday party, yada, yada, yada. That part doesn't even matter. You weren't with your team. We know that to be sure. How is it that he can rail against the types of things people say about him, but not understand that people are reacting to his own choices? He always puts himself first over the team. It's It's got this feeling, it smacks of entitlement, but also just being completely oblivious to, to where he falls in the whole spectrum. Not only does he think the earth is flat, he thinks the sun, the moon, and the stars revolve around him. A lot of times, that's how he acts. But he feels disrespected. How about Steve Nash? Do you think Steve Nash feels disrespected? Do you think your teammates feel disrespected? Because you put yourself ahead of them every single freaking time. This this sob story, it's like the old nursery rhyme about crying wolf. It just, it doesn't resonate anymore. It's not all about you. He goes on to say, and this is, this is certainly a personality trait. I don't begrudge him the, the desire to have time away from the spotlight because I can't imagine being in the shoes of a professional athlete. Everywhere you go, you're recognized. I'm happy being a Y-list celebrity. I have zero desire to be in the spotlight the way these guys are, but I just, I can't imagine why you pick a professional sport if you still don't think there should be any spotlight and you rail against it. I just know I need healthy boundaries, especially in this entertainment business. There's a lot of disrespect that goes on with people's families, with their names, and I'm just not with it. Uh, so it's not personal against any of those guys against in the front, front office. It's just what I'm willing to accept. Um, and I took a chance, and luck, luckily and fortunately, the Dallas Mavericks picked me up. He makes it sound like that the lack of boundaries goes back to the Nets front office. And that's just not true. It's life as a professional athlete. He likes his platform. He talks about his platform and his impact and his influence. In order to have that, well, sometimes your boundaries get blurred. I agree with him. The way that social media treats athletes and families, it's gross. The way that social media treats celebrities, it's disgusting most of the time. But come on, man. If I can manage it, if I can deal with it, so can you. And some of this he brings on himself because of his choices and what he says. So what about Kevin Durant? The two of you wanted to team up and win multiple championships in Brooklyn. So how's that relationship? It just didn't work out. And we still remain brothers. But it is a business at the end of the day, as we always say. And I got to look out for my family. And ultimately, I want to be at peace every time I come into work, rather than things hanging over my head or, or wondering what people think about me in the building or whether or not a report's going to come out tomorrow that I don't talk to my teammates, which is untrue. I'm sure a lot of it is untrue. I'm not saying that he gets treated fairly, quote-unquote, all the time. But it's not all about him. He's not 
if he minds his own business and plays basketball and just goes about his business without creating some of these crazy headlines where he disappears or what he does with his social media, then he probably gets treated the same as most other pro athletes. He's an NBA champion. He's played with some of the greatest, but that's never enough for him. He's right in the center of the storm. He likes it when it suits him. He likes it when he can use it to his advantage. He doesn't like it when the narratives go sour. I don't know that Dallas is any different. Maybe. Maybe he'll get left alone. If that's really what he wants. Of course, players that get left alone don't get max contracts. It usually doesn't go together. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. He wants to get left alone, but he wants to go to LA. How does that work? Uh, A Law Radio, but find our newest video up on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, Super Six Series for Super Bowl week. And back to that, my friend Jason Romano on Radio Row this week in Phoenix. Some faith family football ties, even as we count down to Super Bowl 57. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm going to say this. The Eagles are 15 minutes and 43 seconds away from the Super Bowl. They're going to throw it across the formation and it is caught over there now slipping and the Chiefs will tackle him this game is over this game is over you can doubt the Chiefs you can dislike the Chiefs you can disrespect the Chiefs you're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're counting down to Super Bowl 57. Merrill Reese and Mitch Holtis on Eagles and Chiefs Radio, respectively. Man, the game still feels like, oh gosh, it's a little bitty cloud off in the distance. But we'll get there. We will get there. Radio Row in full effect. We saw opening night, the primetime series made for TV on Monday with all kinds of crazy characters. My friend Jason Romano, who is the media director and podcast host for Sports Spectrum, was right in the mix of everything there in Phoenix. Jason, I know you were mingling. What did you see and who did you talk to on opening night? Yeah, we saw a bunch of, uh, well, you always see these spectacles. Opening night <laughs> is, is so interesting. It's like that old media day where everybody and their mom and, and sister and cousin come out. Some of them dressed quite interestingly, uh, interesting enough, and just asking the weirdest questions to these players. Um, but I also noticed as we were approaching this night, I really went in not expecting to get a ton of content, just thinking that it's it's opening night. You just kind of want to be around. But these guys are just distracted to no end with so much going on. And yet we came away with a lot of conversations, even though they were two minutes long here and there. Uh, we got to talk to a few of the Chiefs, including their owner, Clark Hunt. We got to talk to the defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo. Uh, we got to talk to their kicker, Harrison Butker, and with the Eagles, you know, it was really interesting to talk to some of the lesser-known names, if you will, with the Eagles, like Jamal Singleton, who is, you know, the, the assistant head coach. He's Nick Sirianni's right-hand man. Uh, and getting to talk to some of the coaches, getting to talk to some of the players uh, was fascinating to me because it's a different type of conversation than maybe later this week when we get to sit down with them during their open media availability where – there's not 15,000 people inside an arena, and there's not 1,000 people, some dressed to the nines, asking the weirdest questions. It's kind of back to football, and for us, football, faith, and, of course, you know, family. So it was really good. We had a lot of great conversations, and some of them are already out, and many more will be coming later this week. Did you just walk up to Clark Hunt and ask him for a couple minutes? <laughs> so here's how that works. It's fascinating that you asked this. So. I'm with my colleague, Leah. She's down here doing our, our videography and kind of producing a lot of the content for us. And I said to her, we're going to hang in the back because I saw where Jeffrey Lurie was with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible that Clark Hunt might come back to this area. And if he is, I want to be ready and we can tape an interview. So the, the Chiefs players start walking out into their different zones and different areas. And all of a sudden, there's Clark Hunt. And he's just standing there. 
and with one of his people, I don't know if it was a security guard or a PR person or what, and he's just kind of standing there. And I looked at Lee and I go, let's go. And so I walked up to him. It was like within two minutes of the event starting. And I said, Mr. Hunt, I'm Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum. Would you be willing to take a few minutes? And he was like, absolutely. And he knew if he was out there that he was going to be doing interviews. And so we grabbed him and we got maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes, which I know isn't an extremely long time, but you don't get a lot of long interviews at the Super Bowl when you're covering the media like this or covering the games at the media availabilities. Right. So we got two minutes, asked him three or four questions, and he was great. He was gracious and talked about faith, talked about family and the importance of his prayer life and some of the questions that we might ask that's a little different than your typical sports media company. Jason Romano is on site in Phoenix covering Super Bowl week and Radio Row again is the director of media for Sports Spectrum and also a host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. And I've been honored to appear on it a couple of times. Uh, it's about faith. It's about family. It's certainly about football this time of the year. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio in the wake of everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin, which, believe it or not, was just over a month ago. It maybe seems yeah. like forever ago. But when he suffers that cardiac arrest on the field, I think we saw a different side of the NFL, Jason. More players as well as coaches willing to speak out about faith, the anxiety and the concern for one of their brothers. We almost saw the league grind to a halt, which never happens. And I know you've spoken with chaplains and players. What have you heard about that moment, that event, and how significant it was? Well, it certainly had a bunch of ripple effects, I think. And first of all, we were all praying for DeMar, and we all saw a man practically die on the field twice and be resuscitated and then survive. And a miracle happened, and prayers were answered, and this guy is now alive, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Immediately after you're watching that, you saw the response on the field. You saw social media everywhere offering thoughts, offering prayers, offering their best wishes, and praying for a miracle here, not knowing how severe I think it was for DeMar on the field and then from that you go into the next few days and you see somebody like Dan Orlovsky praying on ESPN for DeMar not offering prayers but actually praying which you very rarely ever see on a national broadcast of any sort much less Mm -hmm. ESPN and so then you start to see the teams talking about prayer and you start to see players and others really be open to the fact that hey this was a guy who almost died and for all of us, you know, our mortality is, is real, right? Where none of us are going to live forever. And so what does that mean when faced with our mortality? And I think a lot of us gravitate towards prayer and more spiritual thoughts and like the afterlife and questions. That's why I think it was bigger than just the NFL, even though the NFL responded in a really powerful way. I think the NFL is one of the more open leagues to being you know, willing to go into the, the, the spiritual space, the faith space, the Christian space, the prayer space. Then when you saw DeMar starting to get better and better and better, it was, oh my gosh, we're witnessing a real miracle here mm-hmm. that, yes, the doctors and all the first responders had a big hand in. But really, at that moment, all you can do is give it to God and say, okay, God, uh, we're trusting you here because there's not much more that we can do. So I think you saw some ripple effects to that that I think still transition into today being at the Super Bowl here in Phoenix. And you see guys more open to talk about prayer, to talk about their faith and, you know, team chaplains being equipped inside those locker rooms to to talk to so many players who had so many questions. And 
were fearing for their own mortality in many ways. There's a lot of layers to this, Amy, I think, um, and I think they still continue here at the Super Bowl as we talk to people. I thought it was really candid of Josh Allen to admit that inside the Bills locker room, they were discussing things like prayer and church and, as you point out, mortality. Now, you've had the chance to talk to both of the team chaplains of the Chiefs and the Eagles. What are their roles in locker rooms in the NFL? That's a great question. Yeah, each team in the NFL is equipped with a team chaplain. It's basically a spiritual advisor, a spiritual coach, you know, some call it a character coach, but really those guys are in charge, if you will, to work with the players. And in many cases, I know for the Chiefs and the Eagles, to work with the coaches as well, to help them grow in their faith, to lead and offer up opportunities to study the Bible, to attend chapel services and small group settings, to be able to grow in their faith spiritually. Because, you know, the grind of an NFL season, as you know, Amy, is just so encompassing and all-consuming that these guys really, if they're not careful, can get so caught up in what they do for a living, whether they're a coach or a player. And to have a chaplain like Ted Winsley with the Eagles or to have a chaplain like Marcellus Casey with the Chiefs to be able to pour into these players and be there to guide them spiritually is, I think, obviously the NFL recognizes how extremely important that is because every team has a chaplain. And they're not employed full-time, you know, by the staff or by the team. In most cases, there's a couple chaplains that are full-time with their teams, but for the most part, these guys are volunteers, they're pastors at their local church, and they've earned the trust of the players and coaches to come in when invited and be able to share with them, you know, the hope that's found in, in God. More and more, we're seeing conversations around mental and spiritual health when it comes to pro sports. So yes, their roles even more critical as we move forward and athletes understand that there shouldn't be any type of a negative connotation talking about these things. And and so they're more willing to speak up and support one another. Jason Romano is with us from Phoenix sports spectrum podcast host. He's an author. He's a speaker. I know this because we're friends uh, and you mentioned yeah. six years on radio row. Two of those years have featured the Eagles in the super Super Bowl and you as a longtime Cowboys fan, sometimes it's hard to put that aside, isn't it? Oh, Amy, you got to put your fandom aside and be a professional. And I yes. always try to do that. To be honest with you, not only am I a Cowboys fan, but my middle brother, who is, you know, my hero and my hero in faith and, you know, a professor and PhD and biblical studies and a Bible professor, he's a diehard Eagles fan. And his two <laughs> sons, my nephews, are diehard Eagle fans. So we go at it every single football season with the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Eagles this Sunday. Um, I don't think I'd ever say that publicly. (laughs) But at least the experience of talking to the Eagles and being around them, I can put myself, I guess, in my brother's shoes, in my nephew's shoes, and understand um, how much they would give their right arm if they could to have the experience that I get to have in covering this Eagles team. But, uh, yeah, let's put it that way. I, I, uh, I appreciate the Eagles, though, because they're extremely accessible. Uh, they have a strong faith journey, uh, faith culture within their locker room, and they're really good. Like, they're set up for the next few years with this team if they, if they play their cards right. And um, it's been cool to kind of follow along on their journey, even though I do root for their arch rivals with the star in their helmet.
<laughs> well, the Cowboys didn't have a bad season themselves. The NFC beast, uh, as we like to call it this season. Yeah. So the, you would think that the potential is there, too, for that division to continue uh, getting stronger moving forward. You and I are about the same age. I go yeah. back to John Elway and the helicopter play in the late stages of the Broncos-Packers game. I think that was 1998, but 97 season. Do you have a favorite play or plays from Super Bowl lore? I love this question. See, one of my favorite topics is the Super Bowl, you know, and I love kind of looking at the history of the Super Bowl and being able to remember games and scores and highlights. So one of my favorite Super Bowl plays, it was probably there's this play that happens in Super Bowl 13. So this goes way back. And I don't remember watching this on TV, but I've watched so many like Super Bowl 13 NFL films highlights, right? That <laughs> I, there's a play in this game that happens where, Terry Bradshaw is rolling out right, and he's trying to, uh, you know, get ready to throw a pass. And Thomas Hollywood Henderson and another player on the Cowboys come and sort of corral him, and they steal the ball from him, and they run it back for a touchdown. And the Cowboys take the lead. The Steelers ended up winning that game 35-31. to 31, But there's an announcer who makes a call in that game who talks about one, you know, held him, the other one robbed him. And it was just, I don't know, that, that brings back the lore of Super Bowl. Certainly, I ran into David Tyree this morning, oh. um, who, who, I mean, you just run into a Super Bowl hero, right? right? But I ran into him, and I thought, wow, it's been 15 years since he made the helmet catch, which at the moment, you're not even sure he made the catch. And then the more you see it and the more you watch the NFL films, you know, footage of it, you realize it's one of the great catches, if not the greatest, of all time. And I think it was voted number two in great moments in Super Bowl history was the helmet catch. So that's probably another one I think that stands out that's more recent, and it was held here in Phoenix 15 years ago. I cannot believe it's been 15 years. I can remember exactly where I was and what I was yeah. doing. I was in a group of people who went nutso, some of whom were jumping on couches uh, at the Super Bowl party where I was. In fact, that was probably one of the last Super Bowl parties I ever attended. So, yes, it's a vivid memory for so many sports fans. Jason, in addition to the Sports Spectrum podcast and the interviews that you do on site when you travel, uh, Sports Spectrum also has a magazine. What will people find when they pick up this magazine? Yeah, so I'm really excited about our Sports Spectrum magazine that's coming out because we got to travel to Norman, Oklahoma uh, late last year and sit down for really two days with the Oklahoma University Sooners softball team, which might be, if you know this, Amy, the most dominant sports team in America right now, college or pro. And they have a strong faith culture within that team as well, led by their their head coach, Patty Gasso, their manager, and then their players, like the, their top players, uh, their best pitcher, their best hitter, their best defensive player, are all strong in their faith. And so we got to go down there, sit down. We interviewed maybe six different members of the team, uh, got to do some really cool photo shoot uh, you know, opportunities with them that's going to be on the cover of the magazine. So this spring edition, to me, I could not be more excited about it. I think it's the best magazine that we've done thus far since I've been on board with Sports Spectrum because of the fact that we were able to go and create this content that nobody else will have. It wasn't just stories that we wrote based upon other people's interviews. This was us going to Oklahoma, sitting down with the players, sitting down with Patty Gasso, and really finding out what is going on within this program, not just in how much they uh, excel on the field as, as softball players and dominate, 
but really a culture that's been built of love, of family, and certainly of faith. So I'm excited. Mm. And Patty has built an incredible legacy there. And also Joe Castiglione as the athletic director there. He really puts his coaches in position to succeed. So you want to go to sportspectrum.com. That's where you can order the Sports Spectrum magazine. And then you can find Jason and the links to his Sports Spectrum podcast on his Twitter at Jason Romano. It's always good to catch up with you and hear the latest. Enjoy your time in Phoenix. I prefer the cold myself, but okay, whatever, <laughs> with your 75 and sunny. Amy, come on. Nobody <laughs> prefers the cold. Do they? Really? I got to go back to this in three days. So come on here. You know, this is just how it is. We're waiting for you in the Northeast, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Spring can't come soon enough. We'll just say that. Amy. But I appreciate you, my friend. and always uh, appreciate you inviting me on your show. Good to talk to Jason. And if you check out his Twitter, you'll see his conversation with Chiefs owner, Clark Hunt and others from opening night. But I really appreciate that he is willing to have honest, open, authentic conversations. Uh, sometimes he listens more than he talks. And, and that's one of the reasons why he's a great host. And for years and years, he was in the talent booking business, meaning for a lot of the big time TV shows in my previous network, our previous network, he was the one who was scheduling the interviews and he was constantly in touch with some of the biggest names in sports. So he's had a pretty incredible career and walked away from that portion of the business to be able to work with sports spectrum because, because he believes so much in that aspect of faith and then working and incorporating family into telling stories of football and other sports. So definitely find Jason also find us on Twitter after our CBS brand new episode of our super six video series is now available this time on Twitter. So we've gone YouTube, Facebook, now Twitter. Now we're not going to make it easy for you. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers has got a grand new plan to help him decide if his football career should continue. Hope he finds what he's looking for. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Me, one of the core tenets of your mental health is that self-love. 
And that's what ayahuasca did for me, was help me see how to unconditionally love myself. And it's only in that unconditional self-love that then I'm able to truly be able to unconditionally love others. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I'm sure you remember that Aaron Rodgers revelation from the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Well, there's a new revelation and a new trend that Aaron is about to try following the Super Bowl week. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio on Tuesday, making his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Though I'm wondering if he forgoes that for his upcoming darkness retreat. Sitting in isolation, meditation, sitting with your thoughts. It stimulates uh, stimulates uh, DMT, so there can be some uh, uh, hallucinations in there. But it's uh, it's just kind of sitting sitting in silence, which you know most of us never do. You know, we rarely even turn our phone off or you know put the blinds down to, to sleep in in, uh, in darkness. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. How does he know? How does he know we don't put the blinds down to sleep in darkness? (laughs) And some of us sleep in the daytime, so we don't have the chance to sleep in total darkness very often. My goodness. He comes across very superior to the rest of us peons who don't have the enlightened ideas that he does. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. So why is he taking this four-day, four-night retreat? I think it's going to be important. Um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to, uh, t- uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things, uh, my future and then, uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is, is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then, uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave? Is it just you in there? And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad? So it's four <laughs> nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? Where is it? You can leave if you if you've, you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's uh, it's a darkness retreat. Wow. And I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences. And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now. And I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season so it's been on the calendar for uh months and months and months and it's coming up uh in a couple weeks <laughs> so sometimes pat mcafee's reaction to aaron is actually funnier or more interesting than anything aaron says what <laughs> so <good>. what <laughs> Exactly. I feel like Pat McAfee speaks for a good portion of America when he hears that it's four days and four nights in total darkness. Now, what are they putting black crepe paper on the windows? Uh, can't light canceling curtains and blinds? Because unless he literally is in a cave, as McAfee indicates, uh, it's unlikely to be complete darkness. That would mess some people up. Do you guys remember... Well, it's one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, Castaway, where he is in isolation. Now, he had sunshine, uh, but he's in a cave for a good portion. Like when there's storms that that were hitting his island, he was in isolation, in darkness, in this cave during these storms. And he... He was there for a much longer time than four days and four nights. I don't think Aaron could hack it. Uh, But he eventually was going crazy, which is where we got 
Wilson! <laughs> he tried to take his tooth out with an ice skate. Uh, he That's did he take was. his tooth out. Yeah, he had to. It, yeah, was, it was getting infected and creating great uh, agony and pain. Uh, it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Aaron, by the way, is still basking in the glow of his victory at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and had his trophy front and center with him for the Pat McAfee interview. Hey, congrats on the big win. We're all proud hey, of you. Thanks, Go. Thank you. We're all very this, proud of you. This dwarfs uh, my other trophies. I was talking about how, you know, when uh, you win MVP, you get this little, you know, little trophy. It's about this yay high. And then preceding years, it was even smaller and smaller and smaller than I won this smaller, uh, smaller Sunday. And smaller. And this is a real trophy right here. This is the real thing. <laughs> With his Canadian partner, Ben Silverman, they won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am on Sunday. Uh, Josh Allen was there, too, and congratulated him. Uh, am I the only one who just wants to hear Rodgers talk about football? We don't actually get that very often, though he did give some insight into the Super Bowl and how the Eagles and Chiefs could each win the game. If the Eagles line can, can control the line of scrimmage, I feel like uh, uh, they should win. But, uh, you know, Pat... Uh, is just such a dynamic player. If he gets red hot and they uh, go up and down the field, um, you know, make Philly one-dimensional, it could be uh, the recipe to, to win. But I, feel, I really feel like they need to get ahead early, and if they can get it to two scores, that's going to change the dynamic of the game. Just football. I'm, I'm okay with just the football talk, but it seems as though it's – Less and less of what Aaron Rodgers does, specifically this time of the year. He calls himself the COVID MVP. He thinks the trophies have gotten to be itty-bitty. He likes his Pebble Beach trophy more than any of his MVP trophies. I'm sure that the NFL will appreciate hearing that. Uh, And now he is about to go into um, some type of a dark hole for four days and four nights. Raise your hand if you're going to miss Aaron Rodgers. Okay, my hand's in the air because I'm demonstrating. Raise your hand if you cannot bear the thought of Aaron Rodgers disappearing for four days and four nights into a dark hole. I suppose we can practice pretending that he retired and see how we like it. I'd miss the football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.